everyone, welcome back to the Keep Watching Podcast, where we decide what to watch so you don't have to. I'm James. And I'm Sarah. And today, we're going to be talking about The Con. Sarah, you get any into any good cons this week? <laughs> Did I get into any good cons? No, I didn't get into much. You haven't, because... you didn't do a con or get con to this week, is what you're saying? No, that, that is correct. <laughs> I... I... Failed at doing a con, but was successful in avoiding being con. So, you know. You failed at doing a, wash, a con. I guess. Like you well, tried and you failed, or you just didn't try? I just didn't try. Okay. I, I didn't do much. <laughs> I was uh, off from work and just chilling. I feel like um, I might have conned you in the board game night. Oh, I guess you did. <laughs> yes, there we go. Uh, it didn't work out for me, so... The con wasn't even worth it. <laughs> I mean, I did come in last, so I'm pretty sure I came least, in last. You defeated me. No, I didn't even no, say no, my I... score it was so low. Oh well, okay. Then what maybe. was your score? Do you remember? It was like 31. Oh, you got last place. Damn, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I conned you real good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> All right, Sarah. What's going on? Are you watching anything good? Um, I haven't really watched much this week, although the new Lord of the Rings show came out, and I watched the first two episodes of that. That was pretty good. Really? Yeah. I enjoyed it. I have not watched it, but it, that was not the, like, you know, the reviews that were popping up in my world. Well, I have stopped paying attention to the internet in regards to the That's show. Smart. Because mostly, um, it's just people being racist, and I'm real sick at listening to it. Oh, okay. Yeah, because, uh... You can have, like, elves and, and wizards and shit, but mm, you have some black people who's an elf or, or a, a hobbit, and, oh, the internet loses its shit, and I'm sick of it, so. Oh, I really? enjoyed That's the show dumb. on my own. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Should I check it out, Sarah? Or are you going to bring it up for the podcast? I don't think I'm going to bring it up for the podcast, because it is, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know what to say about it other than it's very Lord of the Rings. So, like, if you're into it, mm. yeah, you're going you're, you're gonna to be into it. <laughs> I think I burn out on Lord of the Rings, honestly. By by like the third the second or third Hobbit movie, I was like, I can't I can't anymore. Yeah, they made a few too many of those. Um, it is more like the Fellowship of the Ring and less like the third Hobbit movie. So like nobody's doing crazy legless stunts like running up ice that is falling and it's physically impossible. Like it's a bit more reserved than that at the moment. Okay. But uh, other than that, I've just been enjoying the fact that uh, we just got past Labor Day. So that means it's officially spooky season. Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> yes. As far as I'm concerned, as soon as Labor Day's over, we're in, it's almost fall. I'm all about that Halloween time. I'm ready to uh. settle in and uh, pick up on some spooky shows. But I haven't decided what those are going to be yet. Okay. I'm just kind of. I'm waiting for um, The Midnight Club to come out. It's a Mike Flanagan show, and he did Midnight Mass and The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor, and those are all fantastic. So if anybody needs a spooky show, those are my recommendations. And this one looks like it might just be Are You Afraid of the Dark for Adults, which is a vibe I can get with. So yeah, if anybody has any recommendations for spooky shows that are like a little bit spooky, but not too spooky, like nothing gross... Not into, like, slasher stuff. Just, like, a spooky vibe for spooky season. I would love to hear it. Okay. Leave me out of this. I'm out. Yeah, I think your spooky <laughs> season's not your jam. Well, actually, <laughs> is The Con a spooky show? Uh, I mean, yeah. There is a certain spookiness to what people are willing to do to other people. Yeah. I, th I would say... <laughs> 
I was gonna say this later, but I think if you like binge watch the con, you're not gonna be in a good mental state after watching. Oh yeah, you're yeah. Just gonna you're be gonna like... feel bad. You gotta come back with a Ted Lasso type show to like really balance out your faith in humanity. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're just gonna be like, man, I don't trust anybody anymore. <laughs> Everybody's out there to get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. But uh, other than conning me, what have you been up to this week? Oh, I've been watching some shows. Yeah. Well, a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I finally watched another episode of Heart Signal. Oh, wow. I was like stuck on episode eight. Uh, the problem with Heart Signal is that the episodes are like 90 minutes. Yeah. And when you're like, okay, if I'm going to watch a show, I'm going to watch the whole thing. It's hard to like mm -hmm. be like, okay, I have 90 minutes and I'm not going to get distracted. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sit here and pay attention to these people mildly flirting at each other for a movie's length of time. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, still really good. Nice. I got to catch up. You would think the relationships would settle in, but you know, ninth episode ends, still a little spiciness. Hmm, okay. <laughs> and uh, like who I like is changing from episode to episode. <laughs> so nice. it's uh, it's it's a good time. And then uh, I'm watching a new show, Sarah, oh. that I want to talk to you about. <laughs> okay. But it is an anime. All I was right. thinking about not telling you it was an anime and just telling you the plot. <laughs> I mean, you should have done that. That would have been funny. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like it's better to explain the show as an anime. Maybe. <laughs> okay. But um, the name of the show, Sarah, you're going to like this. You're going to like the title of the show. Okay. It's called Rent a Girlfriend. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 I mean, I'm still here. Let's just, yeah. <laughs> I'll give it a shot. Tell me about it. So here we go. I'm going to give, I, I, I didn't look up a synopsis of this. I'm giving you my own take on what this mm -hmm. show is. Okay. So it's about a 20-year-old college student mm -hmm. whose first girlfriend has just broken up with him okay. after only a month of dating. Okay. And he's, uh, you know, feeling down. And mm -hmm. he decides to uh, rent a girlfriend for a date. <laughs> and <Okay>. it's <laughs> no funny business, Sarah. <laughs> it's just a strictly professional date, you know. <laughs> like, is that the official like... stance of wherever he rents this woman from? <laughs> It's no yeah, I don't like. I assume this doesn't actually exist, but it's just like an app that you can just like have on your phone, and then you just like pick somebody, and, and then you just go on like it's. Imagine just like going on like a first date with somebody, yeah. But like almost, I guess would it would it be what it be with like no potential for funny yeah. business. I have seen um like something on Instagram where when you visit Korea, there's a service like Rent an Opa, where you can like get a guide. Like it's basically you're getting a tour guide to take you around the town, but like to the quote unquote couple spots, I guess. So uh, there's okay. something like that, sort of. Okay. I don't know. I assumed it like wasn't a real thing, but whatever, <laughs> whether or not. Uh, but what happens is that through a series of unfortunate events, he mm -hmm. ends up in introducing this rent-a-girlfriend to his family as his real girlfriend. That doesn't sound like a series of unfortunate events. That sounds like a choice. Oh, uh, well, you have to watch it <laughs> to get your opinion on <laughs> if, okay. if he had to or did not have to. Mm -hmm. But what happens is the guy and the girls, both their grandmas, end up being best friends. Mm. So, so now they're stuck together. <laughs> so now they have to spin a web of lies to cover their tracks. <laughs> Couldn't they just fake break up real fast? Like, there you go. Done. Uh, yes, but circumstances. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
super fun anime rom-com okay this sounds like some silly shenanigans i might be able to get behind. yeah i i think it's good okay <laughs> i i i basically like for whatever the next anime that i'm gonna make you watch i feel like i'm choosing from a list of rom-com <laughs> animes so there's a chance i might like it okay but there's so many out there that i like that i haven't decided which one yet but this is gonna be it this is probably on the list of possibilities okay. now fair enough and then um oh do you want to talk about our t first twitter poll oh yeah <laughs> that we just we talked about before the podcast by the time anybody hears us talking about this twitter poll it will be two weeks after yes, the twitter poll yeah. was <laughs> originally put up but yes uh we don't have a better solution for this yet so that's <laughs> fine uh, but we've put a poll up on twitter for our yeah, she-hulk she episode yep. and we wanted to know who you thought the better hulk was oh well, let's get specifically what the question was was that not what the question was <laughs> the question was which right hulk now. has the higher power level oh i forgot you made me put the power level <laughs> stuff in there yes <laughs> And the two options we put in were Smart Hulk and Jennifer Walters, because a Jennifer Walters <laughs> attorney at law did not fit in yeah, the I length was very requirement. Sad at Twitter for not letting me. We didn't want to put She-Hulk as the option, so we put Jennifer <laughs> Walters. But yeah, results are in, Sarah. Yeah. And Smart Hulk has won with 67% so of the vote. <laughs> I was really rooting for She-Hulk attorney at law, but sadly are we just pretending that we didn't get more than we only had three votes for this <laughs> we poll? got three votes that's true <laughs> yes <laughs> so i voted for smart hulk you voted for jennifer walters and then one other person you know who you are out there because we, we, we actually don't know we don't know who are. you are but if you listen to this you know who you are because <laughs> yep. only one person did they they voted for smart hulk so that's this what person happened. has spoken and <laughs> yeah, the the weight of their vote is such that they they, they were the decider. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but we put up the new question for uh Cobra Kai. Yes. And within minutes it already had like <laughs> what was it? Like 8 votes or something. So Yeah, something like that. We're yeah. going to have a better sample size for uh, Cobra Kai <laughs> next week. Yeah, that'll be good. But are you still watching She-Hulk, Sarah? Oh, yeah. Okay. She-Hulk's great. I forgot yeah. to mention. I've been keeping up with She-Hulk. Have you been keeping up with She-Hulk? yes very good very good show I, I love this last episode it was great <laughs> tie-ins that i didn't expect or even really remember <laughs> from the yep. mcu so mm -hmm. yeah i am looking forward to the rest of it megan the stallion in it it's great oh yeah megan the stallion <laughs> so good uh that's all i got cool so are you ready to talk about the con yes and before we I give my breakdown, Sarah. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you: Do you think you are a conable person? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we have already established that you conned me this past week. Literally. I mean, it was it pretty low happened. stakes, but yeah. Yeah, but but there we go. I mean, I do try to see. Now I just feel like I'm asking the internet to con me, but uh, I tr I tend to hope for the best in people, I guess. So, like, if if you start out on my good side. I'm probably inclined to trust you to a certain extent, you know? Yeah. So that puts me at risk right there. <laughs> I think if you don't answer yes to that question, then you are like the most susceptible to being con <laughs> of anybody. That's true. Like yeah. admitting that you are conable is the first step in minimizing your chances of being conned. <laughs> I think. That is, that is fair. 
and like for me personally like the like the biggest con i don't think like you know i'd fall for like a massive con mm -hmm. but like the biggest con somebody could like pawn me if they just wanted to mess with me was just would just be like pretend to be like casting for survivor <laughs> you know yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> and like make me like fly somewhere to do like an interview and then it's like not real or something you're so easily kidnappable yeah i mean like you know i'd like do some sort of check i would hope but you know <laughs> it, my desire to be on survivor might be so so big that i you know i might overlook yeah. a few uh red flags because <laughs> there and there's like an exact ep episode of this in the con mm -hmm. where like like these hollywood people that were like coming up in the business who were like looking for their big break were like being asked to like fly to malaysia for like a oh. movie or to like work on a movie and then when yeah. they get there they're just like not greeted by like anybody but 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 it's it's similar to what i think i'm susceptible to see now i gotta go watch this episode because i need to know what anybody got out of making them fly to malaysia oh yeah a pretty wild episode got me intrigued with so little information <laughs> and then i was gonna ask you if you've ever actually been conned before um nothing big i, I mean technically like yeah it's, it depends on what you define a con versus like a lie like falling for a lie yeah like like i mean definitely like uh, there was a guy who had a girlfriend that i didn't know about and that felt like a con oh really um, yeah okay yeah that counts why not yeah yeah so there there we go that's how i've been conned <laughs> And I, I mentioned this last week, the, like the first episode of this show, we're, we're going to be talking about the second episode of the con. Because mm -hmm. the first episode of the show is called the love con, where like this guy, like... Wasn't getting any money out of her, right? Yeah, he didn't get any money out of her, but he like convinced her that he was like this world famous doctor who would do emergency surgeries for like the Clintons and the Obamas and the Pope and all these like famous people. Mm -hmm. And then he like convinced her that... He like talked to the Pope, and the Pope would be like marrying them, and like this, like <laughs> absolutely yeah. insane things. But like, she was so like smitten with him, or whatever. Yeah, and all he really got out of it was just like this relationship, I guess. Yeah, and he like he spent a good amount of money on her, and like took her on vacations and stuff. So yeah, it was like just like a con for the gain of pleasure, I guess. <laughs> but so, what about you? Have you been conned? Uh, uh, well, I was going to say, I've, I've watched the show Lost, so yeah. <laughs> Many people have watched that show. If you've Fair. watched that show, you've been conned. <laughs> but no, I don't think I've been conned, uh, as big as that, as your, here's your example. No. <laughs> Try to think. It's okay. All, I don't all think cons so. are, are valid cons, maybe, I guess. <laughs> big or small. I mean, some are worse than others. Okay. Well, well yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What definitely. do you get in today's con? Today's kind of doesn't seem so bad until we get to the end. Like I, I'm gonna warn people, like this gets a little dark towards the end of the yes. story that we're about to go through. Mm -hmm. But we're gonna do it. Yeah. Here's here's what the show is that we're talking about. It is an American true crime television series mm -hmm. that premiered on ABC in 2020. Okay. And I think it's in the middle of airing season two now. Uh huh. I did not look up what day it actually airs. I just like randomly caught it on TV once and then I've just been mm -hmm. watching it on abc.com. <laughs> yeah, so it's um on ABC and the narrator is Whoopi Goldberg, which I think I she does a pretty forgotten. good job on this. Yeah, she does a good job. I've forgotten that you had said that and then when I sat down to watch it, I was like, is this Whoopi Goldberg? And I was <laughs> yeah. like, all right, excellent. 
and I'll give the I'll give the quib here here. It says the series explores stories of people taken in by claims and promises that proved too good to be true, revealing how the victims were fooled and the cost of their false trust. The series also features interviews with people caught up in the cons, victims, eyewitnesses, law enforcement, and in some cases, the perpetrators themselves. We in this episode unfortunately do not get any um interviews with the perpetrator yes. right we get some videos of her though which i have some things to say oh about, okay but I'll yeah. wait we get some we get like <laughs> uh social media posts <laughs> yeah. from her that are interesting uh but yeah that's it basically every episode of the show is like its own story so you don't have mm -hmm. to watch them in order but yeah some of the episodes are like uh more popular things or at least things that i'd heard of before but maybe mm -hmm. didn't i didn't know like all the details of them so it was interesting to see the details for those episodes one of them was the the varsity blues college admission scandal um where this ah, one one yes. guy was using like coaches and colleges to like get people into schools that like didn't even do the sport for that coach basically mm -hmm. and uh he was mm -hmm. like faking test results and stuff pretty interesting stuff mm. and then another uh, episode was the fire festival ah yes which a lot of people have probably watched either like the netflix or amazon prime documentary for that and probably mm -hmm. know a lot of it already uh but i had never watched i had never seen the details for it until watching the con episode of firefest but those were the two that jumped out to me i think they're i think they're early on in the series too if you do watch them in order okay but yeah any thoughts sarah before we start recapping um, episode two of the con well if i can talk about the name of this con um, sure it's called the heiress con and the first thing I thought of was um, not too long ago, Netflix came out with a show called Inventing Anna, which is about a woman who did con a bunch of people by pretending to be an heiress, although a German heiress in that case. Um, and so at first I thought it was going to be about that, but it wasn't. It's a different heiress con. Oh, that was also like a documentary? No, that was um, like dramatization. Oh, um, okay. So, but it was based off a true story. To some yeah, degree. based off a true story. Maybe not all the details were exactly 100%. You know how that goes. But yeah, it was pretty good. So if this concept is interesting to you, but you want to watch a dramatic version of it, I, I would recommend that show, Inventing Anna. Okay, interesting. Yeah, this Eris Khan is like it's really not that much different than like the um Nigerian prince yes. con. <laughs> Except she's like in person. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like if you're getting conned in person by somebody claiming to be a Nigerian prince. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> There's actually an episode later in the series about the uh somebody pretending to be a Saudi prince. <laughs> mm. Who ends up being from like Michigan or something. Oh, okay. But yeah, let's get into the con. How do how do we start? We start with shots of scenic, beautiful Ireland and castles and Whoopi Goldberg talking about distant lands. And then we see a woman doing an ice bucket challenge. Oh, that's and like right that's, in the beginning. It's right in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And that is Mayor Smith, the subject of this con. Yes. Or the perpetrator. The perpetrator. Of this con. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but Whoopi Goldberg sets it up as like she has like fled her Irish family for the glitz and glamour yes. of Los Angeles. <laughs> but she's, mm -hmm. this, this story is going to take place in LA and they, they do like kind of a montage of all these interviews that we're going to see later in the show, but they get like the hype going. Mm -hmm. One of the, one of the interview people says, 
oh, I, I thought she was like the most interesting woman I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like, if you watch like all these con, the con episodes, like, I feel like this line comes up so often <laughs> where like, oh, yeah. oh, that guy was this like so charismatic and he reminded me of like those Doseki commercials where they have like the most interesting <laughs> man in the world. So I think the moral of the story already is don't trust interesting people. Hang out with some <laughs> boring people and you're you'll you'll be safe from cons. Yeah, I would say like, you know, <laughs> like if somebody is like a hundred times more interesting than anybody you've ever met in your life, it's probably... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that could be a red flag, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, people are saying, you know, she she was fun and energetic, and uh, yeah, she was like she was an awesome, awesome woman. Yeah, they all had a real good time with her until until they didn't. And then Whoopi Goldberg says, "Or is this all part of a deceptive plan? This is the con, and that's how every episode of the show opens." <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the title, the title screen, the heiress con. And then after that, I believe we are introduced to the target of the con. Yeah, we're in Los Angeles. The target of the con is Jonathan Walton. He's a TV producer. And this all started in like May of 2013. And right away, the way we're introduced to him in the story he's about to tell, I am immediately like not a fan of his, but I get over it later. Because, oh, really? Okay. Well, he's just like... The way we met was there was a catastrophe at our apartment building and there was a disagreement with a neighboring building and we could not use the pool. And I was like, that catastrophe is yeah. not the appropriate word in this situation, my dude, but okay. Yeah. It seemed like, yeah, like he was like, you know, probably like, you know, the the head of the HOA or something. So it was like his responsibility. So to him, it was like a big deal. But yeah, so he... he to right this wrong, he started organizing the residents to get the pool access back. And at one of his events for that is where he met Mayor. And uh, I have Jonathan, you said he's a TV producer. I forgot about that until I rewatched it. But he also, he actually worked on, uh, at the time of this story, he's working on season four of Shark Tank. Yes. I have some things to say about Jonathan, but I think I'm going to save them for the end. Okay. Okay. Uh, in terms of, you know, how he goes about everything. He's an impressive okay. guy by the end of this, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As much um, snark as I'm giving him right now for his catastrophe with the pool, he does uh, pull it around in the end, yeah. Yeah. So Mayor Smith shows up at this at this meeting about how to get their pool back. And I, I assume that she actually lived in this apartment complex. <laughs> yes, I think she did. Okay. But the way Jonathan describes her is that, like, immediately, like, when she got there, she just started, like, almost, like, taking control and was very charismatic and everybody liked her. And mm -hmm. she, like, had some good ideas and all this stuff. Like, basically, she, she came out being, like, the MVP of the meeting. And yeah, was yeah very she had a impressive. big personality and she was, like, trying to help. And so, like, immediately he liked her. And then uh, Mary's going to, like, take Jonathan out for dinner yeah, him and his, his partner, they go out for dinner with her, and he's like, it was at a very fancy place, and it ended up being like $600 for dinner, and he was about to pay for him and his husband, but she was like, no, 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 I'm going to pay. And then she did, which I really thought it was going to immediately be followed with a, oh, no, I forgot my credit card, or oh, no, some reason to scam him into paying. Yeah. But no, she she paid from the beginning. It's the long con, Sarah. That's true. <laughs> What's a couple hundred dollars in the long run? <laughs> I mean, she must have been scamming it from somebody else at the time is probably what was happening. Yeah. 
but then jo- Jonathan's going to go on to explain that, you know, these dinners would happen kind of regularly and like very quickly, uh, like Mare and Jonathan almost become like best friends. Yes. He refers to her as his best friend a lot over the course of the show and it yes. seems to move pretty quickly. And I love it. He said like she had all these crazy stories to tell. And one of them was like her grandma taught her how to make and throw Molotov cocktails. <laughs> just like, sure, okay. Yeah. We never find out if that story is true. <laughs> well, I hope not. <laughs> I guess it, yeah, it just like can't be, right? Because, yeah, it's about, it's specifically about throwing Molotov cocktails at British soldiers. Yes. So yes. I think it's just a lie. <laughs> yes. But it's an interesting lie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah um and then she's also gonna like explain as they get to know each other that uh she's had a falling out with her family in ireland in ireland mm-hmm. you know, she talks about and that's why she moved to la because jonathan kind of knew she had like she he noticed she had an accent but he like couldn't pick up on what it was initially but then when once she said she was irish he he accepted it but i don't know how i don't know how good this accent was oh i know how good this accent was they show video of her talking later and that's not a irish accent at all oh okay Okay. it's a very bad not anything accent and everyone who believes she was irish mm, i question their ability (laughs) to distinguish accent what if she was tainted by america and it got thrown off i don't know i I, it's probably not something i would question oh i would just be like okay you're irish and you don't have an accent that's cool (laughs) well it's not that she didn't have an accent she had a weird not irish accent like who even knows where this accent is from i would have been suspicious well, maybe not. She was buying me fancy dinners. Who knows? And then Jonathan's going to say again, Mare was the most interesting person I've ever met in my life, which up till now seems right. That seems fair. Yeah. Would this person be the most interesting person you've ever met in your life, Sarah? Um, I'm trying I guess to think. I've met some pretty interesting people, I guess. But I also don't like, I don't know that I'm drawn to this type of interesting, though. Like, uh, yeah, that's true. She might gotcha. be too exciting for me. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But. Jonathan's not the only friend that Mare is making very That's quickly true. in her after moving to LA. Uh, we're going to get introduced to a few friends here. Who, who's the first friend you have, Sarah? Or did, um, you, did you write down all these friends? I did write down these friends. I'm just trying to figure out the appropriate pronunciation of Michelle, but with an A in the middle. Michelle? I think it's Michelle. Michelle? Okay. I'm I feel like it's Michelle. Michelle with an I, a. I apologize if that's incorrect. Um, but she said that, you know, Mare was really fun and you could like do all the stuff that was fun, you know, with her, but also like the stuff you weren't supposed to do, but yeah. was still really fun. You know, like she was that kind of friend. The good stuff and the bad stuff is what yeah. Mare, Michelle said. <laughs> and Michelle's one of Mare's friends. Oh, and this is when I wrote down the ALS ice bucket challenge. <laughs> right yes. Here. This is when we, we see it again. Oh, we see it again. When, yeah. Yeah. This is where we actually hear her talking afterwards. And I was like that accent suspicious yeah and i think like i assumed they showed it here because michelle was the one recording mayor doing yeah. the ice bucket challenge so like you know they're close enough friends that mm-hmm. they're doing the ice bucket challenge together <laughs> i feel like that's a some level of close is, that, friendship. is that a level of closeness i've never been close enough with someone to do the ice bucket challenge with them i don't know yeah i don't know <laughs> but then the next person i have is Someone named Fran, another one of Mare's friends. And Fran talked about how uh, Mare would hold these St. Patrick Day parties <laughs> that were like, <laughs> yes. that she described as fun. <laughs> yeah, she was like, the first thing you would know about Mare is that she's Irish. And I was like, not if you listen to her talk, <laughs> but okay. 
and she was uh she described her as very funny and smart and mm -hmm. she would treat her friends to like all these gifts like uh lakers tickets and yeah other crazy other expensive things she's like you never had to pay for anything and she was like also really well connected and wanted to know like everybody or wanted everybody to know she was connected i guess maybe that was what she said and then we cut back to jonathan and he tells us that you know mayor Mare works at a uh, luxury travel agency called Pacific Islands. Pacificislands.com. But again, this is suspicious because, like, she's really, really rich, right? So why does she have this job? It's not a fancy job, really. I mean, maybe it's I a think... luxury travel agency, but, like, he tries to say that, like, she didn't need to work, but she wanted to interact with people all the time. And so, you know, the best way to interact with people is with sales because that's never a nightmare. But sure. <laughs> I mean, this job ends up being real. Yes. But I think it should be a red flag that maybe she is not. Maybe. Super I, rich. I don't think this would red flag me. The way Jonathan explained it made sense for as they have described Mare so far for me. I guess. But, but I you're just, right. I like, guess. I don't know. I, it wouldn't red it, flag me yet. I don't know. I worked at a movie theater and people are terrible. And so yeah, but if for I a liked luxury to people, travel agency, though? I mean, maybe that's different. But like. <laughs> If you liked talking to people, I don't I don't think that in a sales capacity that's the fun way to meet new people, but maybe it worked for Mayor. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And then we're gonna cut to Elena. Who is a who coworker. Is, yeah, a coworker at Pacific Islands. And she also describes, you know, Mayor was sharp, bright, friendly, and a great salesperson. And super confident. Super confident. So we're getting, we're yeah. getting, we're slowly building up what, who is Mare Smith? I mean, according to this, these people just like the best, yeah. like amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> and then we go back to Jonathan, our, our main target. Mm -hmm. He's talking about how she has like the Irish constitution framed in her house. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, look down here. This is my great uncle's signature. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. This was like confused because he didn't, he didn't say like, you know, Okay, she said it was a copy of the Constitution or something like that, which like it would yeah. have to be a copy of the Constitution. Yeah, but he was like, but it was all like parchmenty or whatever, and it was yeah. like, I mean, it can't be the real one. <laughs> I I don't think he thought it was the real one. I think yeah. he assumed it was a copy, but it was just like a really good copy, and it was framed. I just wonder if she was almost trying to pass it off as the real one or not. Like, if that was, I don't know. Yeah, that would be really. <laughs> like, you, you are not respecting your targets at all <laughs> i feel like if you if you're saying that well she's just real confident <laughs> yeah you know? i guess so <laughs> but yeah that was her way of like proving her the fact that she is in fact like irish royalty or whatever yes and it's it's not really like it doesn't really prove it it's just like you know they've been friends for x amount of time now so at this point why would she be lying you know mm -hmm. so it's it's be believable in the length of time that they've known each other. Yeah. And she continues to, like, talk about how her family's really dysfunctional and have kind of tossed her out. And that really resonates with Jonathan because he's gay and his family sucks and they similarly cast him out. So, like, they bond on that dysfunctional, not great family relationship level. Yeah. And do you think Jonathan was a calculated target or just, like, a coincidental target? Um, well, calculated in that, like, she knew he lived in the building she lived in, so, like, that she can assume a certain level of money she could potentially get from him, right? And maybe 
she saw something in him when she met like i feel like everywhere she goes she's kind of like i don't know terminator scanning everyone trying to figure out their weaknesses and who might she might be able to like get close to and get money out of so yeah that's what i think i think that i think mare as a con artist is more of like she like casts a wide net and then mm-hmm. she just sees what kind of catches so i don't think jonathan was like you know someone she researched on and yeah. like knew all his like backstory and all this stuff because there's like there's an episode later in the series that's like a younger woman who would like specifically target like older like war veterans mm, okay. and then like come up with specific stories backstories for herself that would like resonate with them like mm-hmm. if their wife died of like prostate cancer she would like tell them that she also had prostate cancer to like gain like insane amount of sympathy Mm -hmm. and like yeah so that's like a whole nother level of like specifically (laughs) targeting an individual i don't think that's the case for jonathan here um i think it's like a coincidence in for yeah yeah it's like a coincidence that her story resonates with him but she uses this same con like on on multiple people yeah. So it's just like she uses the con and just sees who falls for it kind of thing instead of changing her con based on the person. And honestly, like people who don't get along with their fan, like that, like so many people can relate to that, right? Like at least on some level, just like mm, family troubles, like. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody has the like perfectly nuclear little family where they're not going to relate to this at all on any level. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about when we actually get to <laughs> The execution of the con, we can talk about, you know, what, what, how much would you have to buy in to, to actually go along yeah. with this? But, uh, let's, let's keep moving. So, Mare goes on to explain later, even more to Jonathan, that, uh, Mare's great uncle has actually died and left a 35 million euro estate to be di- divided among her cousins. Yes. So she's supposed to get 5 million euros, but her cousins are all trying to, like, ruin her chances of getting her share because you know they're they're using the excuse of she's like not close to the family anymore she doesn't live in ireland and so they're like constantly trying to like scam her out of her part of this inheritance yeah and she goes as far to like show jonathan texts from like her cousin finton and i wrote that i wrote down the exact text itself that they show Mm -hmm. on the show and it starts with you blurried word blurried word (laughs) Yeah, so not a friendly text. Do you have a guess as to what these blurred words are? Um, motherfucker, I think is, or maybe there's something Irish that you would swear at people. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I was wondering if it was like an Irish swear, because the rest of the text is, you'll never get a bloody farthing. The day you left our family, you left our family's money. Money. So <laughs> yeah. the, the, they use the term farthing, so I thought like, oh, who knows what this <laughs> curse word is. <laughs> but also like, is farthing an appropriate term and I don't an Irish person would use? I don't know. Like it's believable if you're like a if guy you don't from know. LA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, that, that must be an Irish thing. It like almost legitimizes it even if it's not true. <laughs> yeah. I just wonder like how accurate her con was. Yeah, yeah. Like not enough to go look it up right now, but you know, just a passing fancy. Yeah. Yeah, so she's like literally showing text from her family to Jonathan to gain sympathy mm-hmm. from him. Yeah, um, it's very it's very much resonating with Jonathan because mm-hmm. he, you know, 
I don't maybe not to this maybe he's gotten texts from his family similar to this with respect to his um homosexuality maybe or it might just be he's cut off from them entirely and just feels the bad yeah. vibes but like either way he has a lot of sympathy for her yeah and then she shows him an email from her barrister which he says is what they call lawyers over there which yeah i guess that's true probably true yeah um <laughs> I think it is true, at least in Britain, so probably also similar in Ireland. But yeah, so her, her lawyer has sent an email saying that there's a clause in her uncle's will that if any of them are convicted of a felony, they would be disinherited. And so Jonathan immediately says to her, oh, well, you should be worried that your cousins are going to try to set you up to like make get you disinherited. Yeah. And she's just like, no, no, that won't be a problem. But, like, clearly that's the reason she showed it to him is to, like, start a, st a narrative of, like, oh, no, they're they're setting me up. You know, like, like she would he said exactly what she was hoping he would yeah. you know, think about this. This is basically like she's basically casting a wide net where she has, like, a bunch of fishing poles in the water. And this is, mm -hmm. like, the ultimate, like, she's caught somebody <laughs> yes. line yes. Uh, that she's been trying to get. And Jonathan, even I wrote this down, he, he refers to them himself and Mare as two cast out souls. So he's like mm. very, very in on this. Yeah. Uh, and wants to help her and make sure she gets her money that she deserves. But then two months later, Jonathan gets a call from a prison is what I wrote. They might have had another mm -hmm. name for it. And it's Mare. Because she was arrested. She's like, they set me up. They set me up. You were right, <laughs> Jonathan. Exactly you were like right. You said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's her bail? Her bail is like forty two hundred, I think. Oh, this is where they, when yeah. she's like, oh, they set me. They set me up. They like go to commercial. <laughs> I wrote down like when they go to commercials on this show <laughs> to set up. They do keep like the suspense going. Oh yeah, um, definitely on this show pretty well. Um, but yeah, she says that her family has framed her for stealing two hundred thousand dollars from her employer pacificislands.com and at this point like whoopi's narration is just really funny because she's like mayor's inheritance would go bye-bye yeah. <laughs> she has these fun quippy lines throughout the whole thing yeah at like at some point like whoopi is like being told to act as if like she's falling for the con <laughs> even though she's already set up that the fact that like this woman is the con artist and mm -hmm. of course you shouldn't trust her she's like yeah she has some lines sometimes that are a little weird like that <laughs> but uh jonathan's like i told you i told you they would do this to you you should have listened to me <laughs> like he's very like oh i'm so smart mm -hmm. <laughs> i knew they were gonna yes. do this so smart but at that same time he's also very angry at mm -hmm. Mare's family for doing this to her. And he's like, he's like, I knew she wasn't a thief. And so there's no way she would be in prison for doing mm -hmm. this. And he, when he bails her out, she actually pays him back the next day. Yeah. Which is like impressive. I thought at, at this point is where the stop paying him back would start, but not quite yet. $4,200, Sarah, chump change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Jonathan is still furious and wants to help Mare. But then. Here's where it gets spicy, Sarah. <laughs> we were on a one-track one track story here until this happened. Next thing you know, yeah. Mare, Mare's new job, now that she isn't working for Pacific Islands, is she's become a psychic. <laughs> yes, which, as close as she was with Jonathan, he never knew that she had the gift. Yeah, and she, 
she does explain like or the way jonathan explains it is like oh she she comes from like a she said she came from a family of psychics and she was like self-conscious about it because she would always like get teased or bullied about it when she was a kid so she wouldn't bring it up but so so you're saying that she's come from a family of <laughs> irish royal psychics yeah okay that's how they do so well with their money <laughs> <laughs> i guess they just know but what's gonna happen if she was psychic how did she not know her cousins were gonna set her up yeah and they actually this is this was like the most um like talking we got directly from mare she was mm. it was like some sort of weird like confessional style video of her explaining her psychic gift like it was for like yes. a tv segment or something i couldn't really tell what it was for and again i wrote in all caps she doesn't have an irish accent <laughs> this is not an irish accent it is some garbage nonsense accent <laughs> but much like i feel everything else so far with her she she was very successful at being a psychic because you know she's got that outgoing personality yeah I, and i mean the skills you have as a con artist are going to be useful skills in conning people into believing you're a psychic so really she probably should have just been doing this the whole time yeah and there's a there's a future episode of the show that's like dedicated to psychics <laughs> you know mm. it's just the episode is just the con psychics you know <laughs> If I had a job as a psychic, just like once a week or whenever I'm feeling squirrely, I would just like have somebody sit down and then like start to read their fortune or whatever and then like act real spooked and be like, no, 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 and send their money back and send them away just to like freak them out like the beginning of a horror movie. <laughs> just to be like, no, 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 some dark, terrible thing is happening. I can't, I can't look. Is that, a, is that part of a long con or just a trolling? <laughs> no, it's just trolling people okay. to make them feel like they're at the beginning of a horror movie um uh, yeah i i feel like if you, they, a lot of these people like they do that but then they don't send them away <laughs> they, uh, they sell them stuff to fix their problems that's true yeah there you go <laughs> yeah but that never happens at the beginning of a horror movie so you gotta like, full-on <laughs> kick them out and just be like no I, I have to like stage this room now because yeah. of your terrible energy goodbye uh there's some legal discussion later in this episode where i'm going to talk about something that happened in the psychic episode okay but we'll get to that when we get to that yeah so we cut back to michelle mare's friend and mare is actually getting clients and she's getting her friends to get readings with her and um michelle describes her sessions with mare as like you would just sit down and you wouldn't even have to say anything like mare would just know what was wrong or what you were mm. worried about and she quickly was able to like encourage michelle to i gathered it was like let her current romantic relationship go yes so uh michelle thought mare as a psychic was very helpful and would <laughs> and went on to like recommend mare to her friends and her family members and those friends and family members she said like all had multiple sessions with mare as yep. a psychic that's where those crazy. connections come into play you get other people to bring in other people and just scam money off of all of them yeah but you know that's that's enough about being a psychic. Let's go to the next <laughs> the next friend who had an interaction with Mare. We're back to Fran. What did mm -hmm. what did what did Fran talk about, Sarah? Uh, Fran talked about how Mare had apparently had a daughter, and she had passed away a while ago from cystic fibrosis. So at some point, she started a GoFundMe page for cystic fibrosis research, 
and she was happy to like donate to it she posted the link on her socials to get other people to donate to like donate to this good cause she like really felt bad for mayor and like she was touched that she was trying to do you know something good with her pain and uh i believe the gofundme raised seventeen thousand dollars yeah that's good that's good for cystic fibrosis research sure sure it is (laughs) but we'll cut back to jonathan he says at the end of 2016 uh, I think it's, I think we're like two years in now mm-hmm. uh, to their friendship. Um, Mare is actually dating a new guy named Bob. Yes. And then Bob. we cut, we cut to Bob and it says the boyfriend at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> and Bob makes a point to talk about how um, when he was dating someone, he would usually like have to wait. He'd make sure he'd wait like six months or something like that before he introduced them to his kids. But he introduced her to his kids earlier than that because, like, their connection was really strong or whatever. And he was just talking about how she was super good with his kids and they would have so much fun together and go out and ride dune buggies all the time. Yeah. And they would pray together. That's what I wrote down. Yes. (laughs) Yes. She would pray with his kids. Yeah. More of the same description. But then we cut back to Jonathan. And then what's, what's happening next there? Well, despite having a new boyfriend and a successful psychic career uh she still has to worry about that um quote-unquote frame job her cousins are trying to do on her and um she tells jonathan that the da says the case will go away if she pays a fifty thousand dollar fine but oh no wouldn't you know it her cousins have managed to get all of her accounts frozen so this is yeah this is where we really get into the those nigerian prince bs so like she cannot pay this fine now because every her accounts are frozen whatever will she do is this is this a thing that happens sarah would would the da ever be like you know what give me money and we'll just throw your case away is that even a thing (laughs) i mean there are like fines for things but that doesn't necessarily mean the case will go away usually you like go through the case and if you are found guilty, a fine will be part of your sentencing. I don't... Yeah, I don't know. But that, I'm not a lawyer. This is how Jonathan describes it. So, yeah, you know, from his perspective, this is what Mare told him. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. be I, I would not have thought that... Yeah, this this would have been a huge red flag for me because I, I just... Mm-hmm. I would not have assumed that this is how, like, <laughs> uh, the law yeah. works where you can just pay money and then they just, like, throw your case away. I, 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 yeah. Well, I hmm, I do believe that rich people get to do whatever they want in this country, so I would be conflicted. But um, at this point, I wouldn't be handing her any money. I'd be like, let's talk to your lawyer to see if we can get your funds unfrozen. Like, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, but Jonathan, he he believes her. And uh, but unfortunately, this is this is also weird to me. Mm-hmm. Well, not the, not the first part, but John, Jonathan, he, you know, he didn't have fifty thousand dollars lying around <laughs> in his yeah. bank account. But thankfully, and this is where it's like, okay, maybe Jonathan was specifically targeted. Uh, Jonathan has a credit score of 840. What That's the pretty hell? Good. That's a fucking credit score. Sarah. I didn't Jesus. know that was possible. Like my credit score is pretty high, but I can't like, I didn't think you could get that high. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like I thought like, you know, any credit score over like 700 is good, but 840. I don't know. I don't Damn. even know how you get that. <laughs> I mean, I've been trying. Can't quite get there yet. But, but I guess when you have 840 in credit score, 
Well, I guess if you just had many multiple credit cards, but basically Jonathan lets Mare use his credit cards to pay the DA. Which like how though? Yeah, like... exactly. That's what I was thinking. This see, this is where like I I would have. This is where I'd be out. I, I don't think I'd fall for this step. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I would not have like like if even if I believed her, right? And her accounts are frozen. I would be like, I cannot have fifty thousand dollars of debt on this credit card now. Like, no, like that's irresponsible. I'll find a different way to help you. Well, she'll be able to pay you back. You know, that's well, the... she can't though because her accounts are frozen. It's gonna be like you gotta imagine anything is a long drawn out process, like in the legal system. Who knows how long this could take? Mm-mm, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not falling for it. But Jonathan says, you know, this was my best friend, my sister. I had no doubts about helping her. I'm sorry to my brother if he's listening, but like, I'm not letting him put fifty <laughs> grand on my cards. It's not happening. I'm sorry. But okay, I wanted to ask you, Sarah. Yes. You know. We, we've been friends for 10 years. Uh-huh. Yeah, we have. I think Jonathan in this, I guess we're only friends for two years at a time. That's true. Although I, I think it might have two gone up to, to four. Two to four, years. something like two that. Two to four, yeah. 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 How much money would you be willing to help me out with? <laughs> I mean. What's, what's the limit on a 10-year friendship? I don't have a limit. It would be you would have a problem <laughs> and I'd do my best to help you. Um, But, like. But I just need I just need money and the problem will go away. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I'm saying is I would give you money. I don't know how much it would be. One day you're gonna have to con me and find out, I guess. Fifty thousand though, that's too much, you think? I mean, I'm not gonna it 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 depends on where I am in my life at that moment, like how big my money cushion like what I have saved up or in stocks or whatever bullshit. Like I don't know. I mean, why, why, why would you need this much money? You, well, now that you mentioned, are you murdering a person and got to get out of jail? I'm not <laughs> like that. Also depends. Like, have you turned into a terrible person, and that's why you need this money? Like, there are variables. <laughs> well, now that you mentioned, I don't it. know. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. I wrote that in my notes. Pretend to con Sarah, but I don't actually feel like doing it right now. <laughs> I was gonna like come up with a whole story. I mean, I would 100% not believe you if you yeah, asked we're me talking for money right on the now, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I mean, Jonathan, Mare is Jonathan's best friend. Mm-hmm. But I'm famously not your best friend. <laughs> that is not true. This is some bullshit you said. <laughs> that I was your best friend, but you weren't my best friend. And to that I say, best friend is not a title, it's a tier. There's not a solo person in the position. And... Oh, that's just a way of telling me that I'm not your best friend. I get it. It's, no, you it's are. Fine. You it's have, fine. It's fine. It's fine. You it's have fine. best friend. You've entered best friend tier. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. I would give you money if you needed it. I don't know what number that would be. It would depend on how poor I was at the time. <laughs> my my wife is my real best friend. So I don't need your now best you friend status. you made me say all that shit and, and you just, Okay. <laughs> Okay, fine. You still have it. Whatever. Deal with it. All right. Back to the story. <laughs> Would you believe it, Sarah? $50,000, you know, it becomes a little more than $50,000 the longer mm. her accounts are frozen. That's what well, you were I mean, saying. Yeah. That's what you were saying. You're you're wise to this. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if if you don't have access to your money, you need more than the 
fine you're trying yeah. to bribe the DA with or whatever. So Jonathan's going to, you know, cover her expenses for a little while as well. But he's not worried, you know. Her case is over. She's going to get her inheritance soon. They're going to be good. Except then she says that the judge was not happy that she used a credit card to pay her fine. So she has to go to jail for 30 days. But it's not a felony charge. So her inheritance is still safe. I'm like, if they had a problem with you paying a fine with a credit card, they would not have taken your money with a credit card. Like, this is not. Yeah, it doesn't make thing. any sense. This this is where it loses me. It like, yeah. I I would have no reason to doubt this woman up until this like fifty thousand dollars, and now she's going to jail because she paid with credit cards. Like, yeah. The, I I I don't. I want to believe I would not get past this point. Mm -hmm. At this point, you would expect to get your fifty grand back from the DA because if it's not acceptable as a way to pay a fine then you should get it back they didn't say that she couldn't they said that they were mad that she did okay but that, something like that but even not, that sounds really weird that's not how this works yeah but you know jonathan good old jonathan you know he still believes her and he's like oh that sucks that sucks but at least you're gonna still get your inheritance i want to know what the tr the credit card charge said like you know when he got his statement yeah. it mu she must have like taking it out to cash or something like got a cash cash advance on a card or something like but then that would make sense because she would have paid in cash so yeah exactly it doesn't, like yeah it's suspicious yeah it is it is which is easy to say from the point of view of watching this we comic. have the god's <laughs> view we have the god's view. Yeah. it's i i really don't want to slam any of these people that oh, fall yeah, for yeah. cons in these shows because like even the fact that like the fact that jonathan is on this show talking about how he was made a fool of is like really impressive and like mm -hmm. important yeah to get like the fact that this happens to people out there and as like embarrassing or shameful as it is like it's important that he's here and telling this yeah, story absolutely so. the only thing i will shame any of these people for is that they believe that that was an irish accent like honestly that's <laughs> I'll, I'll give up on it but but it was a real bad accent guys i don't it's just awful but yeah, so Mare does go to jail. She's in jail for 30 days. But Jonathan's a good friend. He's he's going to go visit her in mm -hmm. prison. He He's like full on supporting her. Like he's a real good friend. Really like, good friend, yeah. He's 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 with her for while she goes through this ordeal. Have you ever have you ever uh, visited somebody in prison, Sarah? I have not. I have not either. Apparently you can schedule it online. That's pretty I cool. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's I would hope that things are not too horribly difficult for people to visit people in prison yeah so jonathan he goes to schedule a visit online and he, he clicks on mayor's profile to schedule a visit and he's looking at it and would you believe it sarah under her charge it says felony grand theft but but, but won't she get disinherited yeah i love that that like he's still worried about her at this point he's not like she lied to me he's like oh no she won't get her money her terrible relatives oh yeah, I wrote down that like he starts to panic a little, but it's like it is like almost not the way he described it. It's like it's not he's panicking for himself immediately. It's like he's panicking for her, mm -hmm. and the fact that oh no, it's a felony, she's in trouble. So he like he rushes to the courthouse and he asks for the file on her, and it's like a forty-page file. Do they just give out case files to people who are just like, let me see it? Like I didn't know that. Was... I don't know. Like okay. I guess if you had. 
if you gave them like a good enough reason mm. which i guess he, he may have. he didn't he didn't ex- tell them like he explained the whole inheritance thing or whatever but yeah he, he basically yada yada and just was like oh yeah they gave me the pages <laughs> yeah um but it's like a 40 page file and he's reading through it and would you believe it it turns out mayor actually did steal two hundred thousand dollars from her employer at pacific islands <laughs> It wasn't the cousin. It wasn't Finton. It wasn't it was Finton. <laughs> and then uh, he basically, by reading the whole file, he says everything she told him about Pacific Islands was a lie. So Jonathan, yep. no, he's getting there. Thank, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we cut. We cut to Elena, the coworker. I love this part. She yeah. explains that exactly what happened at yeah. pacificislands.com she said that mayor was out of the office for a couple days and a client called in just to check that they had received their payment via paypal and she's like that was a red flag we don't take paypal payments they don't even have a paypal account yes they don't have a paypal account but mayor has a paypal account and so um then like the next day or so mayor comes back in and the controller, who I, I guess is in charge of the finances, um, calls her in and is like, just really like kindly, it seems. It's just like, we're not sure what's going on with this account or where this money went. Could you help me figure this out? And Mayor just stands up, goes to her desk, packs up her personal stuff, and leaves. This is such a baller yeah, move. That is pretty baller, yeah. <laughs> You're just Amazing. like, well, I'm caught. I'm not going to say anything, and I'm leaving. <laughs> Now, clearly, it didn't work like she got charged with this crime, like, yeah. anyway. But she was just like, mm, I am going to just run off into the night. <laughs> this is actually, like, um, almost, like, a, a, a strike against her in terms of, like, her being a good con artist. Like, I, I don't know. She like, didn't have a, a backup plan or a way yeah, to, Yeah, like, like, would a good con artist have uh, some way to talk themselves out of this? But she just kind of has, like, her go-to moves, and then this is her go-to move when things go south. She just gets up and walks away. But, like, she didn't walk far enough away. Like, that sounds like a time where, okay, my con in this area is over. Time to change names and locations. Goodbye. Like, yeah. she stuck around and got caught. Yeah. And that kind of happens later where it's, like, they don't know where she is, but then they just, like, bring her in. Uh, yeah, she must yeah. Have not have uh, tried too hard to, like, flee the country or the state or whatever. Mm-hmm. What, so what was she doing at Pacific Islands? Do you think she was, like, telling the customer, like... Oh, the price of this vacation that you've booked is, you know, twice as much as what it's actually worth. Yeah. And then she or was some amount, yeah. And then she was having them pay her directly and then she would probably pay the rest of the the appropriate amount of funds to pacificislands.com. Okay. Cuz I was like I was thinking like oh, if she if she just like took the money directly and didn't give it to Pacific Islands, like this would have been found much earlier. One would hope so. Like you you, you would just take one client to be like but but what happened to my trip? Like why why couldn't I get on the plane? Or you know like or are these are these vacations so luxurious that somebody booked like a two hundred thousand dollar vacation and she just like was like oh just sent it to my PayPal just did and it then once. she and then she left the company like yeah just did it once I don't know Solid they didn't get into the specifics of how she was doing this yeah <laughs> but then once once Jonathan's gathered all the information on this Pacific Island case he finally says I've realized that I've been scammed <laughs> yes. And she had managed to get about seventy grand out of him. Yeah, he says seventy. Now this this seventy thousand dollar number is going to go up later. 
Yeah, and I think like it also goes down later too. Like Yeah. And I wanna I wanna just highlight that for like kind of like the wrap up when we're talking about this thing. And mm-hmm. talking about Jonathan. Okay. I just wanted to put a flag in that. Seventy thousand yeah, dollars. I think that's around seventy grand, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's talking again about how they've been like super close for like four years and just basically Jonathan is big sad, you know, he feels terribly yeah. betrayed, he doesn't understand how someone could do this to someone. He's having a rough time. It's understandable. Yeah. He basically has to go home to his husband and tell him the news and he's basically yes. just crying in front of his mm-hmm. husband because, you know, what else can you do in that yeah. in that scenario when you know you've been devastated and ashamed so severely Mm -hmm. can't blame jonathan for yeah his feelings here of course oh absolutely yeah it's a horrible Uh, thing and that's what i wrote down yeah it takes a lot of courage to come on these shows and and other episodes of the show like they'll get some people to come in and talk about it but then one person that felt like they were particularly like dumb and how they got fooled might have like a voiceover like a Mm. a voice changer on their voice and they'll be like in a oh, shadow yeah. they don't want anyone yeah. to know they're like so ashamed that they're they want to do the show but they do not want people to know that they were the ones that got conned like the worst out of anybody mm-hmm. and then this is when we cut to commercial for the show building suspense <laughs> jonathan's finally figured it out yes and this is the beginning of jonathan's determination to get his money back sarah Jonathan is impressive in the second half of this, I gotta say. Yeah. He is determined and he goes all out. Yeah, and what's crazy is like, in in a lot of these episodes, it's like, the way that con artists get caught is kind of like, they con somebody so bad that that individual that they conned is just so pissed off that they put Mm -hmm. like so much time and effort into figuring out how they got conned and like, tracking down the person and like, getting... Uh, law enforcement to actually get involved like it's not like you like we're gonna get to this later like jonathan takes his case to like the police and they're like up oh, sorry can't do anything for you yeah basically it's not illegal to scam your friends like if your friends don't put the effort into like laying out everything i don't actually know if that's true so this actually comes up in the psychic episode mm-hmm. of the show where there's this like specific investigator who decided to like uh, make it like his job to specifically help people that have been conned by psychics in particular. But is that different because that's like a business situation? Like Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if he was conned by a psychic or he just feels some sort of, you know, maybe somebody in his family was conned by a psychic. And he, like, mm. he seems to be have it out for psychics, basically. <laughs> He's now the like anti-psychic superhero. Just yeah. Just go around helping everybody. Basically, everybody that eventually finds him has already tried to go to the police and the police have said mm-hmm. this like, oh, this isn't illegal. Like you gave them yeah. their money. But he immediately tells them like that doesn't make it not illegal. And so he basically, I think he used to be like a former police officer or something. So like he'll take the exact same case that that person have and he'll go down to the police station and be like, they'll try to say that to him. He's like, no, I know that's not true. I'm a former police officer. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like you, if you lie to somebody and make them give you money and false pretenses, that's illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's basically just like you have to do enough of the work that the cops will decide to like do it, or let yeah. this guy know enough about the law to be like, no, come on, do your job. Yeah, it, it basically comes down to like the cops are busy and they don't want to look into your case until they know like for sure that it's yeah real, and they just give you this like not true response 
to just blow you off and make you go away. Yeah. Yeah. There's another episode where I the better approach to this would be in another episode like I think the Department of Justice was getting involved, but the the guy mm-hmm. the the DOJ was like, I believe you, but like until you give me like you know the exact amount of money that has been stolen over time or whatever, like uh, you just like he was like you if you do more research and come back to me, I'll take your case. But he wasn't like, oh, that's not a crime, you know? <laughs> like that, yeah, like telling the person it's not a crime when it is potentially a crime, I feel like is pretty terrible. Yeah, that that's a bullshit response. Yeah. So I liked how the guy at the DOJ handled it better. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, so Jonathan, he's full he's full pissed off now. Mm-hmm. But he still offers to pick her up from jail when she she's on her way out. And he decides he's also gonna secretly record her with his phone. And he confronts her about this money. And she's just like, Oh, what are you talking? No, I didn't really like I didn't really steal that money. Like, no, you have it wrong. And then eventually she says she'll pay him back. But he already knows, like, that's not going to happen. He says, like, oh, the payments, like, the $50,000 was fake and not real. And she's like, it's not true. And then he's like, I know it's true. Like, I looked at the court documents. And she's like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like she doesn't really have a good comeback for this. Yeah, similar to just, like, leaving her job. She's just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Except she you does she does start crying, which Jonathan does not fall for at this yes. point. He and then he, he like describes her as like, Oh, she's just a really, really good actor. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, Yeah, she does this all the time. Yeah. I thought this scene was pretty wild because they actually had the actual audio from Jonathan's phone for the conversation. Yeah. And what they do in these sh- this show is like they never have actual footage for the most part, but they do mm-hmm. these like reenactment scenes. But you never where, see their faces. Yeah, you never see their faces, <laughs> but they get people that like look like they have the same hair and would wear the same clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did one of those, but then had the actual audio for this one. Uh, yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, she's not going to pay him back. So... Jonathan realizes she's not going to pay him back. The cops won't help him. So he's just like, I got to take care of it. And he goes rogue and starts blogging about it. That's his his first move is just clearly she has scammed somebody else. So maybe they'll find me on the internet and and we can figure this this shit out. Yeah, this is pretty good. Like if this if this $50,000 was like really like that devastating to Jonathan financially. Mm hmm. I would probably be this pissed off. What do you what do you think, Sarah? <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, this pissed off. Yeah. But he's going like above and beyond here. Yeah, I don't know that I'd be effective about doing anything about it, but I'd be pissed off. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like would like would you would this become like your life vendetta or whatever? <laughs> like I am I mean, taking probably. this. Probably I do get real salty. Okay. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg describes Jonathan as going full Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Yes. Which, you know, he already knows who the big, the, the criminal is, so it's not like maybe a little too much credit, but yeah. But yeah, he's got to find whatever proof he can to convince the cops to actually do something about it. Yeah. Did you mention the blog? Yeah, he started blogging about it, but the first blog he posts is a picture of her with Bob. And the boyfriend. He doesn't, the boyfriend, yes. And he doesn't know how to contact Bob, and he doesn't know where she's living right now. So... He puts an explanation that he's like, I can't find this guy. His name is Bob, but this woman here is definitely scamming him. So if you know him, you need to warn him. Yeah. And he doesn't actually know for sure that Mara's scamming this guy, Bob. He's just yeah. kind of assuming it, right? 
which is probably a safe assumption like unless he knows that like she has also told bob similar things that mm. i don't know it, it it's a little bit of a jump but you know if you had a vendetta against somebody you wouldn't really care <laughs> if oh, you, yeah, absolutely if uh, if there's like a a 50 chance that she's scamming this guy you, you're you're trying to catch her in the act and like if i start dating somebody and somebody they know like that person has scammed someone like even if they're not trying to scam me i would like to know about it and make that choice if i would like to continue this myself you know so like yeah that's he's true. doing a good thing jonathan doesn't know bob so he doesn't have like uh feel like responsible for making as like a friend to him but just it's as like another just human person yeah. well yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah, we cut, we cut, I think we cut back to Bob talking here. Yeah. And he's going to explain that, you know, Mayor actually wants to move to Newport Beach and get a beachfront house. Yes. She was looking at a specific house that was $12 million. Yeah, she has her eyes on a $12 million house. And she, like, wants Bob to come check out the house with her. And she tells Bob to bring her kids. So her kids are getting, like, really excited about this awesome house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they, she's like she getting, sells them <laughs> on the it so involved. hard. Yeah. yeah, and then Mayor is going to suggest that Bob put his name on the house with her when she she buys it. Presumably, the idea. Yes, because it's like a family tradition from back in Ireland where they put each other's names on each other's houses, which this would sound sketchy to me too. I think what it was is that like. They have some sort of deal worked out with her family that, like, they use the family money to pay for houses that you're living in, is the idea. I guess. She's trying to say to him, like, put your name on the house with me. Like, you'll get half of the house and it will be paid for by my family. But she also wanted him to put her name on the houses he has. Because then her family Already. would also pay for his house as well is that i think is what she's trying to say i don't know that i remember that part but like regardless it felt really weird and like oh yeah it was super i weird. would think that would be a sketchy red flag that oh absolutely would it notice. would be but i'm just trying to i'm just trying to sell what the logic <laughs> was <laughs> it doesn't really add up like i don't know how much like like what did what did she tell bob compared to what did she tell jonathan because it, it wouldn't really make sense with what she told jonathan right right about the how she's estranged and doesn't have like yeah like her bank accounts are frozen like it wouldn't make any sense this con on bob like probably when she was in in jail she told bob she was on a vacation and you know like hadn't told him any of those things right yeah so i, I think yeah she so she is kind of changing up her story but she is uh doubling down on the irish inheritance angle mm -hmm. but it, it, she is at least changing the story a little bit she'll save the oh no my cousins are um framing me for the next time she has to go to prison for whatever reason. yeah it's yeah i'm sure she'll use the same trick again yeah but meanwhile jonathan is still investigating yes and he he uh is gonna look back into mayor's dead daughter who died from cystic fibrosis and he like he he recalls stories when he would talk to mare about her daughter and like how it's like she she had ashes like on her mantle at her house mm -hmm. and she would like weep for her daughter every an anniversary of her death yes 
And this is where we find out that the GoFundMe page raised $17,000. But Jonathan... He calls the Association for Cystic Fibrosis Research or wherever she was meant to donate this money and asks if they had ever received this amount from her. And nope, surprise, she did not donate that money. Yeah. And all these different friends that we got introduced in the beginning, I actually don't think like they're that close with each other. Like mm-hmm. it, it, Jonathan talks about Michelle later, like, oh, he met her once at a party. And I think it's similar to Fran. But yeah. he knew, I guess, that Fran had donated to this this GoFundMe. So he had to like call her and give her the news. And so we get Fran's being devastated right. uh, interview, basically. And then and then Jonathan has a crazy idea. He's like, wait, does Mare even have a daughter? <laughs> like I thought that was like weird that he, you know, mm-hmm. he's still he's still like I guess yeah, I guess if you were just like friends with somebody so long like you just associate them with like facts about them. Mm-hmm. And it would it would it wouldn't immediately assume like everything was a lie and you're like you're slowly like peeling back the layers and it took him a right. while to be like, "Oh, maybe his daughter isn't even real." Yeah. Yeah. He's just like questioning everything <laughs> about her at this point. Yeah. But then he remembers suddenly, I guess, that he has a box. Yeah, this was weird too. Him. Everything's weird about this. <laughs> this is so weird. Um, she left a box with him when she went to jail, and in the box there was the social security number and banking documents of her other friend Michelle. And then we find out that Michelle had had somebody take out credit cards in her name, and she couldn't confirm that it was Mayor, but. Mare had all this information and banking documents, so it seems pretty reasonable that Mare had done that. Yeah. And when she reported to the police, I think Michelle actually says that she told the police that Mare would be a suspect, a potential suspect. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but when, when Mare gave Jonathan this box before she went to jail, she told him, like, guard this with your life. <laughs> so Sarah, if I gave you a box <laughs> uh-huh. and said, guard this with your life. I would be like, what's in the box? How long would it take you to open that box? Because <laughs> it they made it look like it was just like, you know, like a like a filing box. Like it wasn't like um like a lock box or something like that. Yeah, if you're just like, hold on to these documents for me, I'd be like, okay, I don't I don't give a fuck like what's in yeah. here. Sure. But if you are sketchy about it, I mean like two or three days maybe, and then I'd need to know what was in the box. <laughs> Now, I, I feel like, you know, Jonathan could have looked in this box and been like, oh, it's just like, you know, paperwork. It's just like yeah. mayor's information or something like uh, personal information and then not look deeper. So he mm-hmm. may have looked in the box. I, I don't I don't necessarily blame Jonathan for not like looking through all her personal items and seeing yeah. that it's like, oh, social security numbers for not her and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I think this one could have gotten past me. <laughs> I wouldn't have. Well, okay. So, yeah, if I gave you a box, you wouldn't look in it? Um, No, I don't think so. I, I might open it, but I'm not going to, like, you know, really go through it. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to keep something in my house, I want to know that it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, not necessarily dangerous. Mm-hmm. Although this is totally, like, the start of, like, a... So, like a movie where like an innocent person gets wrapped up into some mm-hmm. <laughs> criminal activity because they yep. just like have a box of sensitive information or something. <laughs> yeah, it would it would be weird, but I probably wouldn't bother looking through it. I certainly wouldn't like 
die for this box though that's not oh, happening no. i would just be like yeah sure and just like put it in the closet <laughs> but that would be the extent of me uh guarding it with my life <laughs> yeah if you play up the box i gotta see what's in the box okay but if it's just if it's if it's nothing you're just but like, if you open it up and it's just like files are you gonna go through the files well now i'm like why why were you so suspicious about it like just like it's all in how you play off this box really. yeah guard this with my life is a little like crazy it's but if, if i was just like hey uh can you hold on to this while i'm gonna be away for a while oh yeah then that's that's no big deal yeah, yeah. i wouldn't look in the box then it's whatever it's still weird though it, it is still weird it's like why why <laughs> yeah keep it at your house i guess you could just say it's like oh it's something that i would i i just don't want to leave in an empty house i guess mm. i guess is the way you would sell it yeah let's keep going mm -hmm. it, it, it keeps getting weirder <laughs> so <laughs> so we cut back to bob and bob bob is telling us about how at some point mayor insisted that they should have dinner with bob's ex-wife i don't know why this is a move maybe he's yeah. like maybe she had an idea to like con the ex-wife i'm not sure well but, like okay if you're in a relationship with somebody who has kids with someone else like at some point you got to meet them I guess. Right? I guess. Maybe right. this is like a genuine, like, oh, this is something we should do. Like, it wasn't even yeah. part of anything. But this, this is, uh, this is, this is, uh, the first domino that's not going to yeah, work this out for is a here. Bad move. Because they, they have dinner with Bob's ex wife. And Bob's ex wife does the thing that maybe a lot of people might do when they Everyone meet their, would do. their partner's new million percent. Part, their ex partner's new partner. And she just like goes online and like looks up information about this woman. She just Googles her and guess whose blog shows up? Oh, <laughs> it's man. Jonathan's blog. Yeah. And then we cut the commercial. That was a great commercial. <laughs> this was a great commercial. But yeah, so Bob's ex wife is going to call Bob the next day. And then they made it look like she like faxed the blog to him. I think she just like printed it out and like took it over or something. Yeah, I think they met up and, and she was just like, you have to look at this. And it's yeah. the very first blog post that's like, if you know this guy, he's getting scammed. Yeah. Now, Sarah, if you're, if you're Bob here, though, depending mm -hmm. on, you know, the relationship you have with your ex-partner. Yeah. Wouldn't you be inclined to maybe not believe the ex-partner here? Well, it sounds like they maybe have an okay relationship. Like, the fact that they were able to all get together for dinner previously and the fact that she just came to him, like, like, she was able to call and be like, let's meet up. I need to talk. Like, it, it seems like they're chill. I'm still going to follow up with my own Googling to, you know, verify that this isn't just something they printed, like, Photoshopped and printed out. I I mean, they yeah. could be behind the blog as well. But, like, I'm going to fact check on my own. Yeah. It would have been hard to make the entire blog overnight. Yeah. Um, that is unless true. she, like, knew about her earlier and it was, like, a long. <laughs> she was doing yeah, the, yeah, her, definitely. Own, her own love con. Uh, mm -hmm. But. Yeah, Bob, I would think there would be some hesitation on believing your ex-partner, but Bob made it seem like, oh, he like instantly basically believed mm -hmm. his ex-wife and almost immediately went and like confronted Mare about the blog. And Mare's, Mare's just like, I can't believe you would believe her, believe them over me. And then she just walks out of the house and leaves forever. <laughs> Yep, he never sees her yet. <laughs> that's like, a move. It's, that's oh, a move. That's crazy. <laughs> I got got. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, not even gonna bother coming up with an excuse. Yeah. Goodbye. 
she at least tried to get sympathy at the very like on the way out when she was like i can't mm. believe you believe them over me <laughs> but yeah but then after this like john's jonathan's blog starts getting like more and more hits and this is when it gets crazy yeah other people who she've scammed have started contacting him and they're like you know sharing information and and then he has a revelation that he finds out that she's not irish she's american and i'm like i could have told you that she does not have an irish accent but he's getting uh stories from people turning up everywhere he's got their stories from california florida michigan maine new york she's been all over the country sarah she has stormed out of a lot of buildings across the country yeah. after being found out now jonathan is obsessed with this now he's like so like i guess this would be very like okay this became like a vendetta this was a vendetta but now this is just like the most interesting interesting thing i could possibly be working on in oh, my life yeah, yeah like, yes definitely this is my crazy. new hobby is like figuring out this person who scammed me yeah so he's gonna talk about how he's going he, like he says i went from like courthouse to courthouse to read records about all these incidences with this woman yeah she's turns out she's not irish <laughs> surprise and then this is weird he's gonna find out you know let's, i'll say this first he, he's gonna find out like oh she had like a bunch of different names mm -hmm. uh i wrote some of them down like uh, across the country she was known as like marianne welch marianne smith marianne andel mayor mm -hmm. ellis mayor clark so she had like five different names that she took yes over the course of her her cons i guess mm -hmm. but then th they they cut over to Jonathan one time like Mare gave Jonathan her email password and he just now remembered and, it. Yeah, he just now remembered it. I wrote what <laughs> in my notes like this is mm -hmm. weird. I don't know. Yes. But truly, she must have changed her password after, right? No, she did not. This is so <laughs> weird to me. Like yeah, maybe he just forgot that he knew the password at some point or yeah. I, yeah i don't know it seemed to, it almost seemed like maybe they were like the show was giving jonathan credit for something that he didn't actually like he didn't actually hack her email but they wanted to like you know make jonathan mm. look like incredible in this story i don't know it seemed really <laughs> weird or maybe he found it out at a different point and this is just how the story has been like maybe oh he that's remembered true it pretty yeah. early on and they just put it here yeah maybe this uh him using the email was like too much of a reveal so they they saved it for later in the show yeah. yeah that's that's probably that's probably it but i will say that she's dumb for not changing her password or like <laughs> her name and moving away or just like... giving her password out at any point like yeah so what we're gonna find in these emails is that like she basically faked all these emails that she was showing to jonathan from her family back in ireland yes, and the text there is well. no finton there was no finton <laughs> this screams jonathan <laughs> And and she's not an heiress. Like, it shouldn't have taken him this long to figure out that that was true. So I think, like, this happened much earlier on in real life. And this is just the point they put in the story for a dramatic reveal. Yeah. I, like, for me, like, you know, the the reason I kind of like this show to some degree is that, like, there's some level of impressiveness to the people that are doing these cons, as terrible as mm -hmm. they are. Yeah. But... Like, this is just so weird and, ter like, really bad. Like, if you had an, e like, if you're, if what was in your email, and maybe they were somehow hidden within her emails in a way that she wasn't mm -hmm. worried about it, but, like, if in your email 
is all the like would give away all the information for the con you're mm -hmm. pulling on somebody why are you giving them your password to your email oh or maybe she had a separate email account for finton and he's like i wonder if it's the same password and she just reused her password. maybe i don't know i wish they'd explained it better it, it, there was yeah. some gap in the logic here that didn't make sense to me but the moral of the story is if you're going to scam people don't give them the password <laughs> without to your saying. email um and and change your email password regularly and also change your name and move away like i think she messed up on a lot of fronts right here you gotta know when you've pissed somebody off enough that they're gonna like spend their whole time hunting you down on the internet yeah i, I think there's just some like at some point like if you do this long enough you just realize that like hey nobody ever like I don't know how many people she scammed in a similar way that she scammed Jonathan, mm. but she probably has never been caught for it. Right. So she maybe it's just overconfidence. Like she got caught maybe. for what she did to the uh, Pacific Islands dot com. Mm -hmm. But maybe that was like a new one that she was trying and it just didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, even in the end of that, like she only got 30 days prison and she was able to con like somebody she used she used the punishment that she got for failing at a con to con somebody else which is <laughs> yeah pretty crazy uh but also in these back background checks that jonathan did on all these names that she used mm -hmm. she he did come back with one relative somebody yes. named jeff welch yes and he messaged him on linkedin and at this point, Whoopi goes, no, Jonathan, not LinkedIn. No one looks at their LinkedIn account. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> so, yeah, so that we don't we don't immediately catch up with Jeff Welch until the end. Yes. But, yeah, Jonathan has all this new information. And he keeps going to the police and he's like, come on, do something about it. And it seems like that's a long process where they keep ignoring him and he gathers more information and comes back and goes, come on. Yeah. Until eventually, they decide to charge her with grand theft. It's somewhere between a year to two years that Jonathan has been investigating this, which is mm -hmm. pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so they're going to take her to court. They they find her pretty easily. Because, like, again, she has not changed her name. She has not left. Yeah. Some of, the, some of these kind of episodes, like, somebody will be on the run for years before they mm -hmm. find them. Uh, but they didn't even talk about how they couldn't find her in this. It was just like, oh, next next to me, no, she's showing up at the right courthouse. Right over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for a preliminary hearing, and um, she, like, came in on crutches and looked all kind of disheveled, just, like, trying to get sympathy from the judge. Jonathan described her as looking like a homeless woman. Yes. That seemed a bit harsh to me, but when, because they actually yeah, had footage I, I... of her in, on the crutches, but. Yeah, she just didn't look fancy. She just. I don't know, looked like a normal woman on crutches. Yeah. But thankfully, the, the judge that was doing this case would not be fooled by mm -hmm. Mare's act because he's seen it before. I don't know how many judges would be fooled by this, but they made it seem like <laughs> yeah. Jonathan got a little lucky in that respect. Mm -hmm. uh, but the prosecutor basically tells Jonathan that, like, oh, this case is not, like, a done deal. Like, it's very complicated, and it almost comes down to, like, a he said, she said kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and like it could go either way. So the prosecutor, even though they are taking the case, like they they are not necessarily uh convinced that they're going to win. Right. And it is a lot of just him being like, Well, she asked for money for this and I gave it to her, but that's not what you know, like that's not what it was for. So and then she could just be like, Well, he just gave me money for this. It's fine. Like, you know, it's it's it is very much just Yeah. 
you who do you decide to trust as a juror on this yeah so the the trial they say begins in january 2019 so this is like four and a half years something like that mm -hmm. that's from he first met her yeah and basically like they're trying to jo jonathan and the prosecutor they're going to try bringing in like as many people as possible that have like fallen for similar cons that jonathan fell for just right. to kind of show that like like this is what she does to people yeah basically so what they do is like they, the only one they show is that they they do bring in bob i feel really bad for bob you do he seems so sad like and she like wouldn't even look at him in court like this is the first time he's seen oh. her since she just stormed out and like he she was important to him like he she was close with his kids like it's got to be like really rough and she just like was he said she was just looking straight ahead and would not look at him while he was on the stand and he just seemed sad and i felt bad for him i felt i actually felt like I've, i guess i've watched more of these episodes but i i felt like bob was one of the more like happier people that are on this show <laughs> because he actually in the end like didn't actually get conned or fall for that's a con true because i don't they never explain what happened with the houses like i don't I don't know if he never signed them or yeah, he did, but it didn't like he was able to deal with it in a way like quickly where it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so Bob's going to just come in and basically just he just talks about how she talked about how she had an Irish inheritance and all this stuff, mm -hmm. um, even though it wasn't the exact same information that was told to Jonathan. Now, you would think, though, Sarah, like if somebody tells you like they are Irish royalty mm -hmm. and you have evidence like hard evidence that they are not Irish royalty mm -hmm. and that's what they told you <laughs> to get your yeah. money you would think that would be an open and shut case like I yeah, I don't know you think. I, don't, I, don't I don't know how much they're kind of like kind of like the rest of this episode is kind of like the trial process mm -hmm. until the very end but I don't know how much they're like hamming this up a little bit for like the TV show. Yeah, it seems like it should it, be pretty. It seems like it case. should be. Maybe I'm too optimistic, but. Uh... Well, Jonathan does say like it only takes one person to be like to have reasonable doubt, and then like she gets off, right? Like so, it is. You know, there's twelve people. You got to make sure that are on board with with what you're telling them. So it, it's it could be nerve wracking. I get yeah. it. And we're, we're going to get like live video from the trial, actually. Mm -hmm. Eventually, Jonathan's going to take the stand, Sarah. Yes. And uh, he gets a little bit um, excitable on the stand a bit because he's learned so much about cons. <laughs> you're like building this up for like two years and you're finally getting a chance to, to mm -hmm. express yourself in, a, in a, an arena that it'll actually matter. Yes. Yeah. So he's so excited that like, he starts like they showed an example. I didn't write down the example, but he was almost like he was just trying to answer a simple question. But then he like took it further and like talked about how, oh, what she did to me was like I found out later was like con artist 101 or something like that. Yes. And the judge and then... is like, the judge is like, please strike that from the record. Like he was, <laughs> you know, he answered to he was a uh, I don't I don't know the legal terminology for that, but he was like inferring yeah information that may or may not be true yeah and then he's like oh sorry <laughs> or you know like he's not he's not a uh con artist expert to be able to giving that information yeah, yeah. for the for the jury mm -hmm. but you know he got to to say all of his stuff and and then at the end she actually got found guilty so that's 
Yes. That's that's pretty good. Gotta feel good. Yeah. And he actually got to speak again at her sentencing to just like advocate for her getting the max sentence because he's like, as soon as she gets out, she's going to do this to other people again. Yeah. And he's basically he gives a speech. He talks about how like, oh, I had to file for bankruptcy and Mm -hmm. this financially ruined me. And like him and his husband were planning on like adopting a kid, but now they couldn't because they didn't have the money for it anymore. So like he basically... He really tries to get like as much sympathy as possible before mm-hmm. her sentencing. Yes. I don't know if it had an effect or not, but uh she does he does she does get the max sentence. But it's only five years. Which yeah. is like what? Okay. So she's definitely gonna get out and scam some people. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't seem like a lot, but I think I think we have to remember that this is only like one incidence. That's true. It's not for her entire history of scamming people. It's just for scamming him. I think she would get, like, say she went to trial for everybody she's ever scammed and got five years. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it just, like, adds on, right? So she she would essentially get, like, a life sentence or, like, 200 years or something like that. Insane. (laughs) But she also had to pay him uh, $60,000 in restitution. so, So he should get some money back, theoretically. Yeah, so she he only got sixty thousand, despite saying it was seventy thousand earlier. And then in his speech to the judge before the sentencing, he says he scammed her for nearly a hundred thousand dollars. So yeah, it depends on your. I think like he's just like, well, yeah, seventy thousand is is very nearly a hundred thousand. Like he's just trying to make it sound worse to yeah. like really push for the max sentencing. But that line combined with like some of the other stuff he was saying, like financially ruined me and mm-hmm. all like talking about how he couldn't adopt a kid anymore. I don't know. I was. Well, I would say that that's probably true. If he you did think it's true. like have yeah. to declare bankruptcy, uh, like I don't think like any agency would like allow him to like adopt a kid. Like that stuff's really strict and difficult mm. to navigate. That's true. Yeah. And you and the bankruptcy, I was thinking like, you know, Anything he says in this speech before the sentencing, like, has no legal ramifications, right? So right. he can kind of, like, ham it up as much as, po- as much as he wants. But I guess, like, filing for bankruptcy would be, like, that would be on file. Yeah. But also he's hamming it up for, like, a judge who, like, knows the case and knows all the, like, evidence brought up. So, like... Yeah. Because the judge is doing the sentencing, so, like... It's kind of at a certain point, like showing up on crutches and trying to get sympathy. Like the, the judge has seen shit like this and should have a reasonable response. Yeah, I was just gonna bring up like, you know, maybe he's doing a little bit of like trying to con the con artist here. Like he's <laughs> like he's he's hamming it up a little bit mm-hmm. just to make sure she gets the max sentence, which she is did. totally something that like yeah. anybody would do in this situation. Absolutely. Yeah. But ultimately, like, she never took the stand during this trial. And so yeah. he wasn't really able to get closure. And he's still, like, big sad about this whole thing. Yeah, I feel him on that. I just watched, yeah. you know, this show for 45 minutes. And I feel like I don't have closure <laughs> either. <laughs> because I really, like, I wish there was somebody on this show that was, like, a con artist psychologist who mm. could, like, explain to us, like, oh, how could this person have gotten to the point in their life that they decided this is what i'm gonna do you know 
I just imagine it's she wants money, feels entitled to money, and is going to take money. Like, she she's good with people and able to, like, talk them into things. So, so that's the way she's going to do it. Yeah, but there, there's so many good, like, other alternatives to use that skill. I don't know. Let's wait till we get to the end, and then we can do some more amateur psychology discussion. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, where are we, Sarah? Midland, Michigan. And this is where, I guess, Jeff Welch did eventually check his LinkedIn account. He is her ex-husband. Uh, they got married kind of young and had a baby right away. Uh, but she did not apparently seem interested in being a mom or a wife, at least according to Jeff. Yeah, he describes it as like, you know, everything was normal. Like when they dated, they got married, they got pregnant, and everything seemed normal to him. Mm -hmm. And then he made it seem that like almost instantly after the baby was born, he started noticing that like she wasn't that interested in being a mom. Yeah, this sounds like postpartum depression or something, you know, that like was undiagnosed or unworried about, you know, yeah. like that's what it sounds like to me. People don't talk about that enough, but like, yeah, it is. It's not thing. all sunshine and rainbows after you have a baby. <laughs> yeah. Some folks have a real like rough he, time. He, he, they never say uh, postpartum depression here, though. So they're trying to, I, I don't think the show was trying to say it was that, but it certainly could be a factor. Mm -hmm. So the daughter is actually real. Yes. Um, it's, it's a re revelation that Jonathan had. Yes. And she did actually have cystic fibrosis. Yeah. And I think she they say that the daughter was diagnosed at like four months old. Yeah, it was pretty early. But like, I guess Jeff and Mare split pretty early because she had minimal interaction with, with her daughter's life. Uh, like, she didn't raise her. Jeff raised her. Yeah, they kind of yada yada over like the whole thing. This is where I like, I kind of wish there was like some sort of psychologist Mm -hmm. To, like, kind of explain how could you go from, like, appearing normal to having a kid and then being, like, distant instantly. But, so Jeff Welch is going to get full custody. Like, it, they made it seem like it before the kid was even, like, one year old. Like, that's how mm -hmm. fast it was. Yeah. And the daughter actually is dead. She did die. But yes. she, I think she lived to be 25 years old, they said. I think it was, like, 23. She 23. passed in um, 2012. And they go back to the GoFundMe page and the picture that Mare used, this is when it gets kind of like really sick. Mm -hmm. Like the picture she used in the GoFundMe page was like an actual picture of her daughter as like a teenager, I want to yeah. say. Even though like you, like she never raised her daughter or had any interaction with her, she somehow like got a picture of her and mm -hmm. put it on this GoFundMe page. And like if the GoFundMe page is a scam... Like, it could have been a scam for anything. You could have used anybody's picture. Anybody's picture. You could have faked a different disease. You could have yeah. said it was a ant, or like it's it it it's, sucks a lot that like she used this actual real yeah. sad event. And this is where I just I just really want to know the psychology of this whole like the mindset of this person. But yeah, each victim where each victim that we've met, like all our friends and Jonathan, everybody, they're kind of going to go around. Get some like final closing words, closing words montage. Mm -hmm. uh, I only wrote down what Jonathan Jonathan said because this is kind of how you know just watching these shows. If you watch too much of them in a row, this is yeah. how I felt. Jonathan was like, "I felt like I can no longer trust anyone." Yeah, I don't blame him. You go through something like that, like I wouldn't trust people either. Now, you know, if you're being realistic with the situation, it's like you know he could trust people. 
until like they ask him for a lot of money and then stop <laughs> trusting them. Like he doesn't have to, you know, shelter himself from every possible friendship he could have. In yeah, the he, he didn't say he wasn't going to make friends. He just said he wasn't going to trust anyone. You can, you know, loosely associate with people and not like rely on them or give them any money. Yeah. And I, I'll say this about Jonathan. Even after watching this episode, I got the sense that, you know, Jonathan's okay. Yeah. But actually, later on in, like, a season two episode, there's, like, there's one woman that's not in this episode for some reason, but she's in a lot of the episodes where she's just, like, uh, like a podcaster or something. But then okay. she's also a contributor to, like, ABC News. They, like, change her title a few times, but she gets to have, like, confessionals talking about the case in these mm. episodes. And she, okay. they, she, they, like, refer to her as, like, the the scam goddess or something like that. That's like her <laughs> moniker that in, on the podcast. Okay. Um. So they, they bring her in, but then in later in season two, they not only have her, but in this one episode I watched, they actually bring back Jonathan. Really? Because like, he also has a podcast about oh. con artists now. So Jonathan is actually in another episode of the show as like a person doing analysis on the case for the episode. It really did become his entire hobby after he yeah. got scammed. I, I think Jonathan is a pretty good like TV personality. Like the way he tells his oh, own yeah. story throughout all this, it's compelling. He's able to express the like the emotion that he felt in the moment very well. Yes, definitely. But yeah, that's enough. Well, that's <laughs> that's the end of the show. Basically, everybody yep. gets their final say. Do you have any closing thoughts, Sarah, on the um, episode on Mayor Smith on? Whatever. I mean, I do just have to say again that that was not an Irish accent. Okay. She was did a bad job of pretending to be Irish, and everyone else did a bad job of not realizing that that was not an Irish accent. But, yeah, I really like the show. I like true crime stuff. I'm going to watch some more of these cons, probably. I might not roll all the way through them. I might cherry pick the ones that seem interesting and intersperse with some episodes of ted lasso to make me feel like humanity's worth something again <laughs> watch a watch a positive show every once in a while if you're trying to watch all is. these don't don't binge it yeah not gonna be good for your mental health and even though we talked about episode two you, go watch episode one i think it's i think it's a really interesting story i just thought it was like a weird con to, for us to talk about i don't know yeah. I, I, it's a super interesting it. story and again it's another like i really wish like we could get some sort of like psychological analysis on the on the person mm. that's doing this. Yeah. But uh I have some amateur psychology. Okay. That we can Let, talk about for Mary Smith. Let's armchair uh, psychologist this thing. So like, we talk about how Mary Smith's like con is kind of like she casts a big net, you know. Mm -hmm. And then she just waits for people to bite. And I I again like I said before like I I kind of find like the the charisma of con artists to be impressive yeah. and like it's like they they're being con artists but like they're actually really good at something that they could use for good i feel like yeah but they want to get a bunch of money without a lot of effort yeah it seems like a lot of effort to me but maybe it just comes easy to them i don't know yeah but do you think like mare actually you know liked jonathan and became friends with him kind of naturally in a way like and they actually had like a real connection outside of the fake stuff she was saying um i think probably to a certain extent but not enough that she wasn't going to use him you know i feel like she goes like she, he, she gets described as like liking to 
meet a lot of people and talk to a lot of people. And so she's probably an outgoing personality and like feeds off of people's energy and enjoys probably also their admiration. You know, she's got this crazy yeah. story and she feeds off of that. And she might care about people on like a surface level, but like they're all interchangeable. She'll just find somebody else to like tell about her grandma teaching her how to throw Molotov cocktails and watch them all be fascinated with her too. So I, I don't think like she's forming any like real deep lasting connections with anybody, but there is some level of friendship. Yeah. Like she's, she's definitely gotten to the point in her life where like the con that she's pulling is more important than any friendship she's ever going to make. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking about, you know, would Mayor Smith be really good on Survivor? <laughs> you know, like that's kind of like what I was thinking. Okay. And I think these kind of people that are like kind of on artisty, I think mm -hmm. they are good at Survivor in a sense that they are able to trick people and get to the end. But I think because Survivor has the whole like the people you vote out and betray have to vote for you to win the game in the end, they oftentimes will not yeah. win in the end. So Mary would probably get like second place or something. Yeah, right? and that's I I think that's like kind of where Mary Smith would be, where she doesn't really have a backup plan after people like find out that they've screwed she screwed them over basically. Oh yeah, she does not make a graceful exit. The condom becomes before any friendships, and that's kind of like mm -hmm. the mentality that like somebody would have on like Survivor. It's like yeah, I'm going to make friends with people. And they do generally make friends with people, but like they've already decided before they've gone on the show that they're going to do whatever it takes to win. So they, they betray like the people that they actually make friends with. And that's yeah. kind of how I feel like Mare's cons worked. Like she wasn't really targeting specific people and she, she did enjoy being charismatic and making friends. And then maybe she probably did hang out with Jonathan more once he like took the bait you know mm. but I don't know it's interesting the psychology yeah. of it is interesting the, the difference being though that like this is then how she has to live her whole life whereas survival survivor people can go home and have normal relationships again yeah yeah this is like literally like she's playing survivor but in real life like she it's just like oh mm -hmm. like life is a game and I'm just beating people at it basically is like the mindset yeah. as opposed to like here's an agreed 39 days of playing a game together where we've agreed that we're <laughs> going to lie to each other yeah but yeah i really wish like there was somebody to explain like oh this is what happened to her because it's almost and this this is what i'll say about like like her like kind of like not taking another alias and leaving la and then like she shared her email with Jonathan at one point it it almost made it seem to me like she had almost had enough at some point and she was like not trying as hard and maybe like I don't know was oh, just maybe. gonna get caught but she doesn't plead guilty in the end she like goes through yeah. the the process of the trial so that's a little different there's there's like another episode where it might have been like a Ponzi scheme or something that this guy pulled mm -hmm. and he was basically able to like elude the the law for forever by just running but then eventually he's like caught and then he's just like admits everything. <laughs> like he doesn't try to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like, and then he even describes like, oh, when I was caught, I was kind of like a sense of relief. Like, you know, like maybe he like kind of gave up on trying to hide as much because mm. he was just like, I can't do it anymore. So I don't know if that was like maybe Mare was on like the early stages of that 
where maybe like she was getting a little lazy <laughs> with some of the things she was doing or the show just did some funky things that didn't really make sense i'm yeah. not sure and we don't know like how competent her scams were earlier you know when she was those five other people or whatever that jonathan found uh, aliases for like maybe she's been this sloppy the whole time and just there wasn't a jonathan to catch her yeah, they don't give, like, a grand total of, like, how much money she conned people for. They do that in a lot of the up- other episodes. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like she was doing, like, minor stuff, and then Jonathan and this uh, Pacific Islands company, mm-hmm. like, might have been, like, two of, like, the bigger things that she tried. Yeah. Really, what you need to do is, like, you need to scam people where, like, $50,000 isn't going to destroy their lives. That's, like, <laughs> really the move. Yeah, and they're not going to get, like, super prideful about it. Like, how dare you scam me? You know, like, it's just going to be the people who would be too embarrassed to make a big fuss about it, and it's not enough money to ruin their lives. Yeah, and that's all, like, some of the later episodes where they talk about, like, Ponzi schemes that brought in, like, hundreds of millions of dollars, like, like, Mm -hmm. really insane stuff. It's because, like, they're, they're getting investors that have so much money that, like, they almost, like, don't even care. Yeah, like it, they're not going to call out the person or look into their the accuracy of their records and stuff because it's like it's not even though they're giving them millions of dollars, it's not a big deal to them. So that's like, uh, Mayor wasn't that calculated. I think, unfortunately, like I really don't think Mayor Mayor targeted Jonathan in this case. Yeah. It just kind of naturally happened, and then mm-hmm. once she gets somebody, she just that's when the con takes over. Yeah, but yeah, do you have anything else, Sarah? I do not. All right. I'm glad you liked the show. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm I'm curious if people like this as a podcast. Like you were saying, uh, there are a lot of true crime podcasts out there. I've never listened to them, so I don't feel like we did like the format of those shows at all because <laughs> we just did our normal like recappy yeah, uh, format. I think it was good. Let us know if you liked it. Are you prepared to become a true crime podcast if that's what our um... listeners like? <laughs> I don't think that that's mostly your vibe. <laughs> I I would love to like listen to these stories and then talk about them, but doing the research myself, no, I'm not going to be doing it. <laughs> so, Sarah, yes. what do you want to talk about next time on the podcast? I want to talk about a show on Apple TV Plus called The After Party. It is a uh, murder mystery. But it's pretty funny. It has, um, oh no, I've forgotten her name. Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish, yeah. Um, Jean Ralphio from 30 Rock. He's in it. Being (laughs) very Jean Ralphio, but, you know, maybe more tolerable. Um, And other people are in it too. And uh, it's pretty interesting because kind of, not every episode, but a lot of the episodes are like you see the same night from different perspectives. And... I think by the end of it, if you're paying attention, you could probably figure it out who did it. It's a good whodunit show. Okay. So, yeah. I remember seeing commercials for this now that I'm looking it up. I think, um, probably cursing myself by saying this, but crossing fingers, I think I might have picked a show you're actually going to (laughs) like. Yeah, I think I saw this, an ad for this, and was like, oh, this looks interesting. And then it was like, oh, it's on Apple TV+. (laughs) And then, like, never thought to look into it. But yeah, its its main category is listed as comedy, comedy, yeah, crime, yeah, mystery. So hopefully, it highlights the comedy. I think at least the first episode you will enjoy. Oh, the first yeah. episode, okay. <laughs> right? Do you have a question for the people? I 
don't. Do oh, you? No. Um, a Twitter question? Hmm. A Twitter question. What can we come up with for a Twitter question? We could ask people if they've ever been scammed. Yeah, but it's not it's not a poll though. I mean, I can make a yes or no. <laughs> oh, yes or no. Have you ever been well, scammed? I, I know the answer to that is yes. Like if anybody is saying no, <laughs> they've never been scammed ever. Yeah, I don't think that's that interesting. I want to know, like, seeing hearing how people got scammed could be interesting, but but that's open-ended um hmm man i don't know i don't know either i think we're only at the level of being able to like ask people to click a button on a twitter poll we're not really, <laughs> we're not we're not at the level of uh hey here's an open-ended yeah. question right um yeah, i don't know there's not a good like fun question from this we could ask like oh your your best friend needs to borrow fifty thousand dollars to pay for legal fees or or like do you give it to them or like your, how your much needs- money would you give them how much money to them? Fifty thousand plus or less than fifty thousand dollars? <laughs> I don't know. Something we could like do that. that. Yeah. Just a two two part question. Or we or could two, just put multiple. different intervals. You go with different like, intervals, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm gonna say? I'm just gonna say we are gonna post a Twitter question for this podcast <laughs> when the episode drops. We don't know exactly yeah. what it's gonna be right now, but keep an eye out for it. It'll be something about how much money. Would you be willing to help your friends out with if they needed yeah. help with legal situations? At what point would it be suspicious? Yeah, that's what we'll do. Cool. Okay. Sarah, where can people contact us and find us? People can email us at keepwatchingpod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at keepwatchingpod or Instagram at keepwatchingpod. Um, then there's also our YouTube channel, which is Keep Watching Pod. And if you are enjoying the podcast, uh, go ahead and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.